Welcome to episode 65 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. With Tyrants of Lawfall coming to your shelves really soon, we finally have a flurry of news this week. A new hero, new skirmish maps and Twitter rumors right at the start at 5 minutes in. Both Community Watch and Rules Clarifications take a backseat this time to make room for a game discussion. Having trouble with the 4th Legends of the Alliance mission? Not sure what to expect? Listen in at 58 minutes to learn more. Lastly, we finally get a European Championships account of Jeppe. More at 1 hour and 15 minutes. Also, Jeppe and Alistair recently started streaming Legends of the Alliance on Twitch. If you're interested, you can watch live on twitch.tv slash boardwarseu or find us on YouTube to watch past broadcasts. Lastly, do not forget to join our Discord server at discord.me slash bweu. Like always, thanks to our patrons and now, have fun with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of our boardwars.eu podcast. We have the full... Well, my cat's topple stuff here. Uh, we have the full crew uh, in attendance today. And we have some surprise news that was released actually today. So we will be going over that in a few more moments. But... Look at us. We're so topical. We're right so now. topical. We're so, we're so on the pulse so yeah, yeah, after yeah, just, really behind it. it for, for once, they released the, the news before we record. Not just right after we record. So that's certainly a first, I think. Mm. So, like I said, uh, we are in full force. Uh, it's, of course, me, Stefan, and my right-hand mate is, of course, Jeppe. How are you doing after your surgery? Good evening. I I look like something out of Deadpool with six new holes in my body, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay, I shouldn't use Deadpool because the holes are not in the same place. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, I am recovering really, really fine. They've done an excellent job on me and uh it's it meant that i've been mending faster than expected or maybe who knows maybe i have a bit of the regenerative powers of deadpool um but um yes i am i am uh, i am i'm recovering also i can it can also be that it's a slight hint that you should be only be playing the rebels in skirmish not because they also have all recover so uh, that's that is something you could take away from it. Yes, it's not what I. <laughs> MHD did a good job. Yes, yes. Yeah, the miracle I, I didn't get to see who who did surgery on me, of course, because I was I was knocked out with all sorts of drugs before they wheeled me into the to the operating theater. So so maybe it was a robot. Who knows? Um, maybe maybe we're all hosts, and uh, and actually I was just sent uh, to the mesa to be repaired before being set loose in the park again. That I I hope not. I mean, how the how, so for the listeners, Westworld season two just ended. It I'm not gonna tell anything about it. It's I was a bit disappointed by the by the, by season two by a few episodes, but the end was certainly better than expected and certainly very reward, rewarding. So you all should you all should watch it and it's good and go watch it and then you also understand the host joke. So um, also on the line we have from the north we have Pazi. So. I, I assume that right about now the the flying insects will soon devour Finland. Is this correct? Uh, maybe not because it's been so dry. We just it's uh, dry. Okay. Yeah, we have just a few days of rain recently, and and uh, the uh, grass has been yellow for a while, and now it's starting to get green again. Okay. So so maybe there are no, okay. not so many insects this year. That's certainly a relief. I mean, 
<laughs> Who likes insects? <laughs> Besides some uh, insects eating birds and whatnot. Um, also, we have, again, uh, Alistair will be joining us. Hi, Alistair. Good evening. How are you? I, I'm fine. Did you did you know that you were uh, a very a very large part of the topic on the recent uh, science finest episode? If you haven't listened to that, I've I've been told that I need to make a point to listen to it as soon as possible. But I've been holding off just in case it's going to you know ruin my night and I'll be crying myself tomorrow. So <laughs> it's and maybe maybe after today's uh, recording, you should really check. you will not be disappointed. So go and listen to the episode. It's very good. <laughs> okay. Guest guest starring without my consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, crew is all there. We are we are back in full force, and we have some. Before we don't do any cleanup, there's nothing to tell about us. Uh, what we do want to tell about is the news. So, Jeppe, can you can you give us the new scoop? Yes. Um, let's start start just at the top of the news with the most fresh news, and that is that a fifty. And this may sound like a sort of a, a rehashing of what you heard last time, but this time you'll hear it from me. There's a news article from FFG about a new skirmish map coming into the stores. No, 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 Yepe, we already covered that. No, 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 Yepe, you must be looking at an old list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be a new map. They put one out just for me to be able to tell it on the news as well. And this is the Tarkin Initiative Labs skirmish map, which will now be available for pre-order, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um. I have to say this probably took a lot of us a bit by surprise because we've had like <laughs> still take me by surprise. It's all fresh. I'm in the process of being taken by surprise right now. Because we've just had one map being actually two maps in a sense just being presented. One uh we were reminded again that the U screw map was uh now available in stores and then uh Last week, uh, or was it a week, a week and a half ago? I think it was a week and a half. We ago. we got the the announcement of yet another new map, which is uh, from the Lothal upcoming Lothal uh, expansions, and now we've got the Tarking Initiative Labs, um, which, if I'm not mistaken, is from the Triple uh, Zero uh, expansion pack. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah. It's. Actually, we can check it right here because. Uh, so while you while you check that, uh, I think the difference is that the article says um, the Turkish Initiative Labs skirmish map for Imperial Assault is available for order now from yeah. your local retailer. So it's yeah. not actually pre-order; it's, it's order. Order. And Pazi Pazi said in chat before we started that he thinks that uh, FFGOP is doing doing news items. First in, first out, instead of first in, last out. So yeah. maybe that this is somehow scrambled. It, it is from the BT1 and triple zero, and I remember trying this map out around Christmas because we were trying out all the maps. Uh, me and a local, me and a, a, and a local player, uh, considering what we're going to rotation. Of course, uh, eventually we got uh, we got another map first, and then we got the. Um, we got the U screw, which is from the same way from Ahsoka, um, and I think I recall having talked a bit about this map uh, on play experiences uh, half a year ago. Um, yeah. Well, well, the ja going back to the Jawa for the alleys was that was odd because every everybody was yeah, sort of looking yeah. for the new wave, and that's and the target initiative, you know, sort of had the core yeah. tiles, all this stuff. So you, everybody, I think a lot of people probably 
you were influencing the uh, the meta by saying to everybody, but I certainly thought this was going to come in. And then I thought when it went to Ali's, you know, that was the surprise back then because it was going back yeah. to Jawa's. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but there's a couple of other things to note from this article, and that is, first of all, it's um, now not being presented as belonging to the Imperial Assault News, but a new category called Fancy Flight Supply. Um, you know, at the, at the start of any article in FFG forum, there will be a, a little uh, link that uh, typically refers to the main game, so you can go to that page and and read about it. But this now refers to Fanny Flight Supply, which are the, all their sleeve products and yeah, a number of different sort of game accessories. Um, and also what is much more important, perhaps, is that there's no indication in the article itself that this is a map that's going to go into... Rotation, just as we haven't had that about the local map, either the local before, base. Before we go into if this is going to end into rotation or not, um, I just had a, a, a random thought about... So, <clears throat> usually uh, FFG cannot sell Imperial Assault content on their website or on the webshop because of licensing agreement with Hasbro, something like that. Uh-huh. And... S- Curiously, this doesn't seem to apply to the um, skirmish maps. Is this because this, this, it, is, it this is all from from their store right now? So, or is it because it says from the local retailer? But can't you also order them from FFG directly? No. No. Okay. No, then no. it's just me. They imagine. they are all unavailable. Or not, oh, okay. not available. Okay. So the, it's the same with all the other Imperials also. But okay, yeah. figure. Yeah, they've got a lot just... of Star Wars play mats there. But uh, as far as I can see, well, actually, Imperial Assault maps are here as well, and they are listed as. Uh, just to, to just to recap, if any listeners aren't aware of this, but um, fans of flight are not able to sell uh, anything related to Imperial Assault themselves, presumably because of a deal they've made with Hasbro because of the licensing on Star Wars board games. And it's... It's, it's not it, a board game, it's a tile and system. It, it's, it's an <laughs> ongoing joke almost on the FFD forums how often people come in asking about whether the game is not being sold because its shows is not available on the FFD forum. And by the way, so does the maps because the maps are listed in the in the supply uh, Fantasy Flight Supply rather than in the Fantasy Flight Imperial Assault page and it's also listed there as non-available basically because FFG is not able to sell them uh, themselves. Uh, so it follows the, yeah. the okay. protocol we're used to, it's just in a different part of, of, of their uh, online store where it's shown as not available then amongst all the other Imperial Assault stuff. Say this is the insight. People love this podcast for that, that deep FFG website uh, protocols. That's what we really we really give the audience what they love. It makes for wonderful podcasting. They, they are okay, so. also they are also listed on the IA page. That's not available as well, I, presumably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. Um, I I so. think it could be interesting to say a few things about the map, but just to add, and that is two separate pieces of news. This map, of course, you can find on the Board Wars page. Um, on uh, the skirmish map database and um, we also know that FFD has uh, also today put out a message on their Twitter that says we'll have an update to the tournament regulations next month which is just there just a few hours after the the them announcing this new skirmish map. Now one of the things I've seen bounced around online is that it is possible that they're maybe crossing their T's and dotting their I's in the sense that maybe they had planned the Lothal one to be legal in Gen Con, which is five, six weeks from now. 
Certainly what yeah. I speculated and, on and, the last podcast. And, weeks and in case the product is not out in time, they might have to choose to change so that they're not putting something in from Lothal, but they're putting in something where people already have the tiles and the map, which could be the target initiative. People are going to... So, okay, so... That you think also what was what Alistair said is uh, Alistair, do you wanna wanna introduce your thought about this? Well, I think that that this you know if, if the thought I said last time at Heist, I, I think this is just getting excitement up for the the sort of the summer the late summer event scene for the for the Americans. I think Lothal is going to come out. I think they're going to want to get people excited back into the game in a new way. Um, but I do have a a sneaking suspicion that even though there's there's all this sort of backlog and come through that. They might be saving up to tell us some news about the being a slightly different way that they do maps and missions in Skirmish um, going forward. So, so which one did you mean, Stefan? The fact that I thought they're sort of getting ready for Gen Con, or my new thought? No, that you, you thought that maybe there will be four maps in rotation instead of three. I I think that they might feel that it's due a bit of a refresh <laughs> in terms of how they do maps. Uh, not that I think it's the system now it doesn't work, but. I was joking before we got online that just, boy, there's one thing FFG seems to love is to get the whole IA community complaining about mats, which seems to be about 30% of the conversation I have online about the game. So maybe there'll be a change to the what kind of um, maps will be in rotation or whether it'll go up to four, bringing back old ones. This this has really thrown me having these two being announced so close together. I'm sure there'll be lots of good and better speculation, but I think they might have a shift in what mats mean to the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My. my I think both ideas have merit. So. Yeah. My suspicion is that it's because they were maybe planning to have Loth already, but it won't be out in time, so they need to. Yeah. But. That sounds a little bit more plausible. And I. I don't know. I actually like the rotation system, but on the other hand, um, I'm not a naysayer and won't say that I'm. Uh, I. Uh, I uh, maybe they can. They have some better idea of, of a way to do it, and I guess we'll. Yeah. We'll see uh, when that new rules uh, thing is out in uh, in July. Um, I just wanted to add one note to this new map because I don't think we're necessarily going to analyze it in, in depth right now because we don't know necessarily what it's needed for or what it's used for. But I, yeah. I, I think maybe I mentioned this. When is that ever stopped? <laughs> um, I, I think maybe that I mentioned this when... Um, when I talked about this half a year ago, when I played on it, that basically um, one of the mission has eight uh, mission tokens on it, uh, which um, in sets of colors, so basically there will be two blue, two red, two green, two yellow, and you can pick these up, and they're basically a kind of experimental weapon. And what that means is whenever the figure that's carrying one of these is performing an attack, it adds a color of the same a die of the same color as the token you wear. So basically, <laughs> think of it as a kind of thing where all the figures potentially can get to do... Um, you can only have one of them, um, though with you, you can only also do it for one of your attacks, uh, even though you might have several attacks per round. But basically, it, it's sort of upping the whole thing with focus to just, like, through the roof, because you might... You have a focus. Or, you have a focus. Or, or you, you have, have a, a red extra die to every single attack you perform, or or and so on. And there's a mini game. I admit it, it's a goofy, it's a goofy, goofy uh, map. I'm and, really surprised. I never and, thought it would make. And you time. actually place these as a part of setting up the game, which reminds me a bit of things happening in like X-wing and an Amada, where you say that the the round zero is actually a, and one of the most important rounds in the game in the setup, and so it'll be here and not just your deployment, but you also well, get to put these tokens down. If we're going to shift to a track about track of a mission, should we 
describe the map since you know some people might be hearing this before they. Yeah. Then All right. Let's. The I'm, I'm, I'm just getting uh, lost in one of them. Yeah. You're but uh, have it. yeah, Alistair, tell us a bit about the layout in general. Okay, well, we said we. I think we alluded uh, in passing that it's all core tiles. Um, so the, the it's it's weird if you if you have a long history in the game, it sort of feels like a. It, to me, it's reminiscent of training grounds and uh, possibly the old Kuat yard. So it's got um, that wonderful imperial hangar uh, tile, big square tile with the uh, uh, tie elevator, um, the. Familiar shower room as uh, one deployment zone, the, the Imperial with the two cylinders. And again, really a really strong workhouse tile, workhorse tile. I feel like this outdoor tile is, is the deployment zone in, in so, so many of the maps, but it's the outdoor tile with the two steps. Um, the temple entrance, I think. Temple entrance. Yeah, so, so the deployment and zones, the, I think most people say that the, the outdoor tile is called the temple entrance. And the other one is either the, the the med bay or back to station or whatever because it's the, I think the totally. two large cylinders are back yeah to yeah yeah <laughs> but it's it's a it's a map so with with relatively equal uh, but then with about three or four channels between from left to right which will be sort of the combat uh, alleys it also I mean I'm I'm saying it looks like a lot of different maps but I would also say there's a slight Jabba's palace vibe in the sense that the two deployment zones are really facing off at one of the map but the <clears throat> deep other end of the map may be a place where some kind of fight happens in my relatively small uh, experience of this mission um, I feel like the fighting really does happen at the bottom between the two but uh, the other thing to say is that the two um, uh, terminals are in, in roughly the middle of the map again facing each other in very close uh, sight lines to each other so it might mean that R2-D2's uh, again uh, looking pretty good for this map because if you have to have somebody on the terminal, it might as well be somebody who's pretty tanky. Yeah. Some thoughts. Yeah. So uh, for the layouts, the thing is that the, 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 door, uh, the, the map also includes four doors. Uh, two of the doors are um, locking the, the entrance from the deployment zone directly into the first and second corridor, I'd say. And the second door is right next to the terminal uh, on the outside. So the terminal is actually behind the door, which is great. And... The thing is, unlike the, the maps we are, we are used to now, these doors don't open themselves at the end of the round, and you can only open them with like interacting with figures. So these are two doors that it, it's kind of weird in a way because um, you have to spend actions again, so uh, figures with a lot of figure uh, lists with a lot of figures have definitely definitely a little bit of an advantage here where they can oh, line smuggler. Yeah, line smuggler He's going nowhere. where they can open the doors. And with the smuggler, also get in there and maybe get a create a red die so you attack with uh, blue, blue, blue yellow, red, and now you are basically uh, I don't know. So this is all very weird. And I so Alistair or Paz, can, can you enlighten me about Ancient Blaze? Can figures attack these doors even though they are just objects, or can you only attack objects that you that they need, uh, in the rules specifically? They need to have, they need to have health, don't they? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, they need to be given a given a health. Uh, and they are okay. So you, you cannot you cannot actually attack them and with blaze do all of the spice and shit again. Okay, okay, good. So should we just? It's an interesting map. Should we just uh, in brief describe the missions then? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, do you want to go over the first one? Um. Uh, yes. Yes. Um. So basically, um, the first one is called Rogue AI, and it reads, set aside a neutral mission token in each color, blue, green, yellow, and red, face down. Flip the red token face up and place one stray token on the red console on the map. And I should add here that there's going to be four consoles on the map, 
which are not the terminals but basically objective tokens, one in each color. And um, then it reads on, when a figure enters a space containing a console with the strain token, that figure player gains two victory points. Then that player flips one random set-aside token face-down um, and, sorry, a set-aside face-down neutral mission token face-up and moves the strain token to the console of that color. Flip the previous face-up neutral mission token face-down. So basically, uh, long story short, there are going to be four locations on the map, all of them basically in, up and down the center. And uh, when you enter the one of those four that has a strain token on it, you get two victory points, and then the strain token is moved to a random other of those. So Basically, there's not necessarily a lot of points to gain, but those points are gained with a minimum of effort. You just need to move on to one of those. Um, and then it's can randomly I, inter- uh, moved to another one. Yes. Can I interject for a moment here that um, the the language on the, on the mission is actually a little bit unclear because the way the mission works is that you have four tokens on the map and four tokens often. beside yes, the map. Yes, And the four tokens beside the maps all of the time show on which... On which token on the map the strain token is placed so you have one face up three face down and when you collect one of these strain tokens or one, when you uh, get on one of these to- one of these consoles with a strain token you do first of all um you get into victory points but then it says um that player flips one random set aside face down neutral mission token face up and this is of course you have three face down tokens beside the map and now you choose you choose one of them at random the thing is that the random in there is a bit confusing for for myself because that means you need to shuffle actually yeah, the tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While because otherwise you would after a few tries you would know which yeah, of course. token yeah. is is which color and you could basically direct the strain tokens between one of the two adjacent or the the, the near one uh, terminals and then sh- just shuffle it around and pick up two two to point each time. Yeah, I think like a, a D four or something might be a better. Yeah, I think a you know, little chance cube. This, um, or <laughs> this shuffling of the tokens that's very awkward because these they are too small for me to really think with them. So I think that first of all the random in there it it will trip up a few players. I'd say I say that because it's it's not at all obvious that you need to shuffle them because it doesn't say shuffle them. Um, and yeah, so I don't know that's. Otherwise, I think the mission is fine. It's a very neat idea. It's just the execution of the tokens is a bit weird. Yeah, and uh, I recall a question about this being on the forums months and months ago. Um, the thing is, it doesn't need to be your activation or anything. It just the only uh, qualifier here is that when a figure enters a space containing a console with the strain token, you gain the two victory points. So it's, it is possible to gain the points even though you're not the, the figure is not active or... Uh, if you're moved by other means, if you're displaced by a, a massive figure, or if yeah. uh, you're moved by an order, or uh, and Chopper. so on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so there are ways to to get more um, more victory points in one activation, but um, it, it's yeah. it's um, it's both missions on this map. Are, I think very much about killing each other, and the other one is about killing each other even more brutally. Um, Pasi, can you read us the the scenario B? Uh, abandoned research. Uh, in order of initiative, players take turns placing a colored experimental weapon token in a space marked with an X on the minimap without a weapon until eight weapons are placed. Limit two weapons of each color. 
A figure can retrieve a weapon token but may only carry one. And when a figure carrying a weapon token declares an attack at one attack die of that weapon's color to the attack pool, limit once per activation. Each, uh, end of each round, each player gains two VPs for each console he controls. And I now, think speaking you, of uh, speaking of smugglers before, yeah. <laughs> you can suddenly have smugglers with three dice attack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Focused four dice attacks. Yeah, just but saying. just also, so, it, it's yeah. it's a figure you might not normally bother shooting at. But well, hi hired guns yeah. can grab a red oh, yeah. dime and say, "Yeah, kill me. I'll I'll drop it on the floor after I'm <laughs> dead." But uh, and and but I'll hit you hard. But note that uh, chunk droids cannot uh, get a weapon token because they can't retrieve. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no, that's it's that's so unfortunate. They, they cannot oh, retrieve so. I will tell you, I, I, I have things. So, you know, we're, we're, if we're going to keep wearing tinfoil hat theories about this, why they brought this in, I think somebody said, you know, it'd be really fun with the new Lothcats who can interact? Let's give them all guns. <laughs> so, on this mission, you're now going to run around with your Lothcats, have them pick up guns and shoot people with oh, them, which so I think is. It doesn't, it doesn't actually say that you're picking up guns. It says experimental weapons. It could be exactly. much sharper claws, right? So, yeah. cat it's, toys. It's actually, yeah. it's actually vibro claws. <laughs> yeah, brrr. I can imagine the sound. But, so th this is this is very weird. So, but like I said, there's an interesting mini game in the fact that you get to place them as the players, and uh, there there maybe you want different dice at different locations uh, between you and yeah. your opponent. And you do not you do not get any victory points from them. You, you, you do don't, you you get victory points from occupying the console consoles. But the consoles are not the same as the weapons. So yeah, picking them up is actually something. That you need to think about because you're spending an action. Yeah. That your figure gets stronger next time it attacks, but mm. it doesn't get you anything else than that, mm. right? So. And the consoles again—they're not the terminals. There are those that are also in the other mission, mm. but on the other mission they yes. also basically give you two victory points when you move on to the the right one of them. But it's all the the, the deployment zones are as Alistair described fairly close, so it can very easily end on a on a smash up in the center, <laughs> depending on the types of lists. Uh, one, in a way, it's it's sorry. Go ahead. Uh, one rules note: uh, you can use the weapon once per activation. So you can't use it at the end of the round. Yeah, can't use it outside of an activation. Yeah. So so yeah. no uh, no uh, Han or Vader or uh, Call the Vanguard for for using them. Yeah. But you could use it if you were given an order by. Power. Yeah, or if you have ret uh, return fire from. Uh, Han Solo, for instance, or from Han, or yeah. similar, yes. Uh, the, the what I so I like I don't like the second mission because it I think the setup it's will be bonkers. taking too long. <laughs> it's it's a it's a neat idea, but I don't think it's it's good in a tournament setting. I think what what would have saved this map a bit is if it would have been played similarly to Shielded, where the tokens or the the consoles give each give four victory points each at the end of the round, which is much more than they do give now. So occupying points is not that great of an investment here. So I I'd say having the having the, the right the right weapons at, at hand on the right figures might be a bit more important than actually occupying these turn this terminal tournaments. So I yeah I can't see this being a very good tournament mission. But at least scenario A is Quite okay. I think yeah. I think what I, my conclusion was, having tried it back then when I talked about it, was that it, it's it's bonkers and it will be uh, it will be silly. Um, I think it's going to be a f maybe a fun death match, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely different, especially the advanced research. Yeah, it introduces a lot of chaos. <laughs> it does, the, it does uh... indeed. 
I think good figures will still be good figures, and rerolls will still be yeah. rerolls. So I think I think you know yeah. Han will be very good with this because he's somebody you like to put forward. I think the Rangers might struggle, funnily enough, because they get the double reroll. But if they're moving up to grab one, yeah. they have to get very exposed to do yeah. so. And if you do send them all the way down to the end to get the sort of the long range weapons, well, it's not exactly like the um, alleyways where you can just sort of pop out and shoot back in. You're really going to have to commit it to, a, to move them down there. It's, it's so a bit I think similar that, uh, with, the, with the weak ways, too. I mean, the weak ways aren't that impacted by this, but they also need the action to, or they can use the action to hide, which they also might want to do sometimes. So, I think a bunch of sturdy uh, <coughs> sturdy melee characters can can shine on this map if, if you have various yeah. ways to keep them alive and you don't worry about bum-rushing your opponent and maybe even uh, getting an extra die in and then uh, go to town. I think I... Uh, can we talk about how protected that uh, outdoor yeah, side, the red yeah, deployment zone, has got yeah, this little yeah, pocket yeah. behind the tree? Yeah, that's a really nice hand play. Uh, though. First time I've ever seen a, a first time I've seen a three a three sided yeah. uh, defense yeah. point, <laughs> and with a corner you can shoot from as well. It's a nice hand sniper nest. Um, but um, I think if we've been staffed for skirmish news for a while, we've suddenly got a lot and we have no idea what to make of it because <laughs> this is a bit of a yeah. surprise. Um, and um, it's going to be interesting times going towards Gen Con and, and hopefully um, more stuff will happen in July and also especially at Gen Con. Um, and um, I just want to add, if, if, if we're a bit... And perplexed about what's going on, then if you visit the Amada forums on Fantasy Flight, there um, there's a lot of dissolution there. Um, though Amada is definitely also in a in a really good place right now, but because they have no news and people are are panicking about it. But um, <laughs> when do people not panic? No, I don't. I, I want to know. I, I want to know. I think best way to express your love. I think uh, okay. a lot of these things are maybe because. Uh, production has been moved a bit, presumably. I don't know, but I could presume that it would be because they had a lot of their production line busy with both uh, Legion and uh, X-Wing 2nd Edition. Um, mm. So I think maybe that's why other things have been pushed back, but I don't think it's an indication that neither Armada or Imperial Assault is being uh, is being uh, put out of commission. Um, but I also think, and we've talked about that before, but I think the way they communicated that in uh, that uh, hyperspace report um, with the logo of all the games and uh, every, and everyone sitting with their uh, ears tuned uh, to, to hear news and then there was none is maybe also, though it's a small thing, uh, I think that's feeding a little bit the, the, the fear of games uh, disappearing and skies falling and so on. Uh, but I think everything will look much better once we're past Incon and... Uh, and uh, news have been been out. Um, and speaking of news, we're not completely done for the news for tonight because these were all skirmish things, more or less relating to one thing, and that was the Tarkin Initiative. Um, the um, the other bit of news we have is, of course, there's a new article out, uh, which is on the campaign side of the Tyrants of Lothal. So we've yet to hear a bit more about the skirmish pieces, but we've now gotten a little bit more on the campaign side both uh, the rebels and the <coughs> the the empire and and um we've now got a little bit more on the other hero that comes with the times of lothal and uh maybe stefan you can talk us through ct1701 sure so our second new hero with tyrants of lothal is ct1701 also called enterprise <laughs> um 
of course, it is, that's not his real nickname. It, it, it's Wildfire, but uh, whatever. So uh, he is... Uh, the stats are... What, is he a DJ or something? So what? What, is he a DJ yeah, or something? he's a DJ. <laughs> um, so I'm just uh, rip, ripping off the uh, Lego movie joke about oh, okay. Wild, uh, wild Style. Oh, okay. Well, he, oh, that, that, that's actually a much better nickname for him, Wild Style. <laughs> okay, so uh, his stats are uh, Health of 12, Endurance 4, Speed 4, Black Defense Style... He has a, a good um, tech test, a mediocre mediocre strength test, and a very weak insight test. And he has, of course, two abilities, like everyone has. So the first one is Barrage. For two strain, use after you resolve an attack with a ranged weapon to perform another attack with that weapon against any target within three spaces of the previous target. Of the previous Ooh. target space. During this attack at... Three attacks! What? Yeah, free attacks. Yeah. Free attacks. Yeah. Oh. During this attack, add one white die to the defense pool limit once per activation. And he also has focus fire. While attacking with a ranged weapon, you gain surge, gain one damage power token. So, uh, without knowing, so first of all, this is this reminds me a bit of of Biff, where Biff can also do something similar. But of course, Biff is much more limited in, in that he needs to be in melee range for the, his two attacks to go off. And this is actually a much more evolved version from that. And the thing is that this two strain for another for another attack seems like a very good idea at first, but I think you need to you need to have actions that synergize with multiple attacks per round. If you don't have that, then I, I think that that strain can get you quite quite quickly. So we will have to see how it actually shakes out. But we also have his starting weapon, which is a very lovely blaster. Uh, Pasi, do you want to go over the DC-15S blaster? DC-15S blaster, uh, ranged weapon, blaster, uh, ranged uh, attack with two green die. And uh, it has uh, plus two accuracy, so the minimum accuracy is four. And it also has uh, one modification slot and an ability. After you resolve an attack with this weapon, if the target did not suffer any damage, gain one damage power token. We have been through okay. a lot together. So, yeah. So, that actually so you, it, it shows fairly yeah. well with his ability because it means um, if you don't do any damage because they have that extra white die, at least you'll get a power token. And you also probably, I mean, if they roll the dodge or similar, there's, it's not unlikely that you might get a surge so you can get rid of at least one of the two strain it cost you. Yep. And you can still use your focus fire where you get a... Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. A, a surge for another damage power token but this also means you need to spend your power tokens pretty frequently because you you can only have two of them so yeah except, except, except. when you look at the reload card sure Th- that's that's you could have spoiled everything here so okay uh, <laughs> it, it was a uh, transition uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alistair reload not from Rob Zombie but reload. similar okay so the reload one experience card you may have up to three power tokens at a time instead of two but also, but wait, there's more. Exhaust this card after you rest to gain two damage tokens. Damage power tokens. I, I hope it's not. Power I hope it's not two damage yeah, don't tokens. Do that. <laughs> yeah. He's, not, he's a very bad sleeper. Um, I think that's that's great. I think I think it's. Uh, I think this guy's gonna hit really hard. I'm just waiting to see a a a weapon that you actually have to reload with either, let's say, two movement points or an action where. You place strain on the weapon until it has X strain on it, and then 
after the attack's turn, it cannot fire anymore unless you reload it. Which I think this is going into this into a similar direction, right? So you you have a weapon that on its own isn't pretty good because uh, it doesn't have any surge abilities. It, it has only one slot, and you have this ability to to feed power tokens into it. But to get these power tokens, um, you actually need to rest some of the time. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going on here. It's not a, not exactly the reload ability I had in mind for, for a custom card I designed once, but it certainly goes at least into a similar direction. Okay. Yeah, that's anything else on reload? That, that's what we know on Wildfire so far. And and the art for yeah. him is the same that's been seen on uh on some of the prices we've yeah, talked about earlier. Trooper. The prices that actually sort of uh, spoiled uh, the whole uh, wave a little bit earlier when we saw them on the in the article for the prices for Europeans and the North American championships um but that is uh, the yeah, the clone trooper um i think it looks interesting i think it 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 all depends on on the rest of his uh, upgrade cards of course but uh, um again he seems different from what we have and more often i think that's more important than whether it's just the absolute best or uh, a logical choice when you want to choose a hero but more that there's a variation and uh, we haven't seen this before yeah i think it's nice to see a character who's not going to encourage power token uh, hoarding in a big way necessarily even though he can hold extra one uh, because i think with him you're just going to be using them as much as you can and you so it's just going to be for anybody who's sort of finding that a little bit fiddly i think it'll be good to you know, be continually just upping all of it. I think, I think even this base weapon, pretty guaranteed to have a power token lot of the time. That's going to be hitting really hard, sometimes five damage. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I imagine that more of his cards will do things where you fiddle around with him. And maybe uh, he would be making a beautiful uh, match together with Kotun. Yep. Do you think so? Because you cannot actually get any more power tokens onto no, him. We can use so. them no, and, and as other stuff, right? And uh, You can and use I'm the power tokens sure. for, for searches and... Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and so on. And I also it's suspect I would—I mean, I would be surprised if not more of his uh, upgrade cards uh, did something that fiddled with uh, with tokens. Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, beyond that, there is a which I think is just a, a recap of the Death Troopers, which we've talked about before. Uh, they're mentioned again in the in the article um, how you you can have more of them in. Uh, in your uh, in your open group and how they activate and so on and so forth and we've talked about those previously i think the death trooper looks interesting what i just really want to know is how they work in skirmish but we haven't been told that yet but the new bit though are the lolcats um, let's start with the ordinary lolcat uh, i know you're dying to tell us about those alistair oh i definitely am i've been this whole time so I, 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 you remember, I started a Bantha Nexu plan. This is a return to form for me. I'm really excited. Before I started taking it too seriously and ruining the game for myself, like all men. Um, so the, the, the generic Lolcat, Lolcat, is uh, four to deploy and has a figure cost of two. Its only keyword is creature, but it does have that free pierce one, um, uh, which is pretty exciting, and a surge four plus one damage. Um, it has three health, four speed, a black die, which does surprise me, I would have thought even without cunning, it'd be white die, but black die. And the blue-green, which I always just call the Stormtrooper attack. I don't know any other melee figures that have a blue well, off the top of my head. I'm sure there are one. But it's a melee blue-green. So a lot of a lot of range you're not going to be getting to use. But let's get to the abilities. It has two special actions. One, pounce, which is familiar. Place your figure in an empty space within three spaces. 
then you may perform an attack. Doing this on a small based figure, and I'm not wrong, these are regular based, they're not uh, next to size. They're small, yes. Yeah, they're small. I mean, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to feel like these things get everywhere. Um, But they also have another special ability, Ratcatcher. You or an adjacent creature gains one block token. Um, And finally, Curious. After you interact, suffer one strain. And I'm sure everybody, myself included, read that and went, oh, they're not in there. They are intelligent. They are not, uh, they are capable of interacting. I mean, it's going to cost them, but they can do it. Yeah, the, the, the strain is actually very weird because in, in Skirmish, we assume that this will be the same as it is in Skirmish because it doesn't have a campaign icon. So in Skirmish, you can interact without suffering anything outside of this, uh, of, outside of dropping a card from your deck. So yeah. Yeah, but that's similar, like to the uh, the pigs who can reroll yeah. for a strain. The generic so, pigs can be used. T- two things. The one was already implied that you mentioned the figure cost was two there, and the general cost is four. So there are two of them for deployment card, and also this card is universal, so it goes for both skirmish and campaign. Yeah, and I think uh, you know everybody's going to have fun trying the, the fully kitted out um, kitter list, but I think these ones look really good. Uh, for the three health, I think they are going to... This, it, more than anything, it, I feel this is the Alliance Smuggler for Scum. Yeah. Or even sure. the Hired Guns. Sure. I mean, uh, they are, what, what irks me a bit is that they only have a speed of four, the, the, the regular ones. That's not what the... Well, you I, remember, remember Pounce. Pounce is... Yeah, you, sure. You have to be, you, you, if you're probably going to pounce every every turn, and the fact that you can pounce... Uh, over uh, dotted lines, you can pounce. Yeah. You know, over enemy figures, may, yeah, may as well you, consider themselves. <laughs> if you if you're gonna use them as uh, objective runners, they're not gonna do anything pouncing to pouncing to attack. So you use pounce actually to get around obstacle obstacles, which is which is still good. But um, yeah. yeah. Also, curiously to note, they don't have mobile unless the Nexu who has it. Uh, unlike the Nexu who has it, um, which makes pounce they, even better. I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Pounce is really good on them. It's just that I, I, I thought that the, the regular ones could have used the speed bump by one. Because if you're going to use... Uh, the, the smugglers have four, The smugglers have five, right? The regulars. Oh, did you four. have only four? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but good. then they gain their the, interaction the, moves. Or their yeah, shooting. and the hired guns have, have five. So I, I'm i not sure... They, they suffer strain if they interact. So giving them five, five would have been okay, I think, so... Just saying. Oh no! I, th- I think if you made them five, it would be <laughs> the best, the best figure uh, by a country mile. Just for and, and as I said, I'm going to be using these guys to pounce, pick up a weapon, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be running around, you know, with guns attached to their tails. So you're going to be glad in a second that they're not speed. Let's um, let's yeah. take for comparison a look at the elites. So the elites are upgraded to six points uh, to deploy it and three per figure. Uh, their PS1 is the same, but the search has been improved by one, so it's now search for plus two damage. Health health is increased from three to five. Speed is increased from four to five. They have the same pounce ability. They have the same curious ability where that you suffer one strain after you interact. And finally, they, the rat catcher has been improved to fresh catch, and it reads you or an adjacent creature gains one um, Joker power token, the one where you basically decide whichever it is. And um, this basically puts them in a bit in the realm. Somehow it, it uh, I saw parallels to the um, Claudites, where you had a figure that could be in a kind of supportive buffing role early on and could then sort of 
uh, just ease over to another role in a different stage of the skirmish game. Um, and here they're bef definitely uh, improved in that they can give any kind of token uh, and not just a, a block token to themselves or the adjacent figure. Any thoughts on the elites compared to the regular ones? I, li I like them. If you So, Alistair, if you're going to use them to attack and not to run o objectives, I think the elite are actually a better thing to run right now. Yeah, I, th I think the elites more durable. are straight up, straight up better. I, I feel like the you, you have that problem with something like you know the weak ways, the pigs, where it just ends up being it's the elite. That's the ones you go for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You get all uh, counterpoints like hired guns. You never go for the elite. But I think this is a situation where I think the elites are better. But I think you know from Claudite, I can remember there's so many scum lists struggling between four and six points to get something in. Um. So I would say that. The elites are 100% better, but there'll be times when you can drop those two points and use the cats for more objective running, whereas the elites are, are a lot more threatening, yeah. uh, a lot more dangerous. With Beast Tamer and um, even stuff like Strength in Numbers, if you had two of them, um, you know, two sets of those could go. That could be four attacks on one figure because these guys can move. And I think swarming around someone is definitely going to happen. Um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be so much I, fun. I do believe that there's a um, new command card coming that is basically also something about swarming. What was it called? Alpha something something? Pack, it's pack, uh, pack Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, the leader card for creatures, and boy, does that ever go well <laughs> with these guys. So um, we've talked a bit about uh, Scrum. So just a reminder, all the creatures in the game are... Uh, mercenaries, except for Terra and the Dubags, which uh, which are Imperial, of course, but we've talked a bit about uh, Skirmish, but how about the campaign, uh, their buffing role and so on, what what do we see them being used for in the campaign as the uh, aspiring Imperial player? I'm not, I'm not sure if Red Catcher or Fresh Catch will be that good in the campaign, because usually you, if you're going to deploy them, you're going to use the, the ability on themselves, and if you're going to use Red Catcher, it's only going to up your defense by one. It, it's it's not it's not bad in one of the first missions to have another but block ready. The, there was one thing that stood out to me, which probably can also be used in in skirmish if anyone were to play Nexu. But I recall the Nexu being used quite a lot to sit on on targets and generally just being a nuisance in the campaign. And if you have uh, the uh, elite uh, Loth Cats and you put an evade token on the Nexu, that basically counts as an evade and a block because of their conning ability. Yeah. So that yeah. is a way yeah. to make some objectives yeah. really, really difficult to get to. Yeah, they, they will really help the... Uh, I think they'll really put the Nexu back into it. Just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I use the Nexu... The regular one quite effectively in our last in our current campaign, so it's not out yet. He he's more sturdy than people than most players remember, maybe. But um, the thing is, uh, having having a six uh, a six point cost figure supporting a four or six point cost figure, that's a lot of points invested into into single figures. Even though you said it right that the uh, the next benefits heavily from the evade. And that might be, I. It just for me, for me, it seems to be too expensive to use it that way. Yeah. Because if you're running the elite bloth cuts, you want to actually do damage. But I'm, them. I'm also thinking and that the Nexo can also. Maybe run you're not, maybe Sorry. you're not necessarily running them, but presumably you get them in a number of the missions in at least the Tyrant yeah, sure. uh, campaign. 
but that's a much more more um, much more edgy case I, i'd say if you if you're gonna deploy the lothcats from the mission then you're yeah, also going yeah. to stick them with a with a yeah, next yeah. as the next is actually the support then because it's it's like a tank you can hide the lothcats behind them and he's he's getting stronger through them so that might be a good idea but otherwise running them together as a as a regular thing i for now i can't see it but maybe maybe that do you have any thoughts on the lothcats uh Parsi, especially for campaign yeah, like like you said, I think the regular ones are very good in the early missions. But the the problem is um, that if you use the rat catcher and then pounce, you are then in the middle of the heroes, and you you can't you don't have an action to get out. So that's that's a dilemma. True, but yeah. on the other hand, if you're actually able to do both, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to have to try oh, and right. see what happens. I mean, the other thing, maybe a small thing to think of here is like, just say it's a mission where you know you've got a, a hero creature coming in, and by that I mean the Rancor. Uh, one of the things I like about these um, these are if you get bring in the generics and they both get next to the Rancor, well then they both give him a token. He ends up with two after one activation. So that means two attacks are both going to be pop up and block. That's the thing about it: is the double is that everything I'm looking at on these things is going to be done twice, as opposed to the one for the next suit, and. Um, so your next, so you start the game. Uh, Whether well, this is more of a skirmish thought, but you start the game with one elite lost cat and one elite nexu, and the first thing you do is, you know, in turn one they both give the nexu two uh, evade yeah. tokens. So uh, the first two attacks are going to be really frustrating, and um, and then later on they're getting into themselves. I mean, like that's that's such a versatile. That, that that's like the weak way hit hide. I think that's a great um, ability, and there will be certain missions where um, if you've got if you've decided to be running Nemesis, yep. you've got Captain Taro. Uh, they're going to be powering him up. I mean, I think that makes them really worth it. The elites, especially. And you can use inspirational on the Nexu in addition to the block token. Yeah. All right, that's the Lothcats. Um, any more on those? Don't think so. So the next bit, look at we've, <laughs> we've, we've next gotten uh, a peek at the new Imperial class, which is called Overwhelming Oppression. Um, I have a bit of an obsession of those, so I was really like wishing that we would actually see the uh, art on the backside, and I don't think that has been spoiled yet. No, I don't think so. Yet. Anyway, um, we've got a couple of cards for the new ones, and the first one, Stefan, is called Redouble Our Efforts. Yeah, and I will redouble our efforts. Um, it is a 1xp card of the Overwhelming Oppression deck. It reads, at the start of each round, place one damage or one block power token on a card in your hand. And the second ability is, exhaust this card when an Imperial figure is defeated. Distribute that figure's power tokens among other friendly figures within free spaces. Alright, so... I don't understand. There's something new. Help there's something ask. new here where we can put power tokens on cards in our hand that we haven't seen before so first of all let's 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 make this clear positive is this correct that these cards that this is the, are the cards that are in our hands so this is not the cards that uh, are in the reserve so reserve groups are not cards in your hand only your open groups and the groups that have have already been defeated is this correct yes yes only only okay so and o- only the, yeah only the deployment uh, the imperial players deployment hand Okay, so and we and we wait. Okay, so and we are expected to put them on the table face down and put tokens on it. 
that reads that, that reads really weird to me because I usually I have them all in a stack at the at the edge of the table and pick them up and look through them when I want to see what I'm gonna deploy. This is this is where I would be tempted to put the power tokens into the sleeve instead of. Uh, sure, yeah. but not everyone has yeah, sleeves, sure. so it's, that's so weird. I can only say that I mean, uh, this is uh, one XP card. Yeah. And leave it that that. Yeah, yeah sure. That that. That there will be some 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 form of cards that will be referencing these power tokens on the cards for sure. But that what I don't understand is how how are we supposed? There is not enough space on my table for this. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, technically, agenda cards aren't they also cards in your hand? That's what I want to know. About. I think it is very interesting that you are able to redistribute things on defeated figures because it completely removes one of the issues with your limited resources and the yeah. empire um, with power-dependent classes that, okay, if a figure is defeated, you can just put them on other figures. And it actually plays really well together with what we know the Death Troopers will do and also with Thrawn will do. And I think that there's, uh, it's interesting to see. And I also think it's very interesting that we haven't seen the zero-cost card yet. But what we do have... Is the four XP card Alistair? Limitless Arsenal. <laughs> Limitless Arsenal. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at the wrong one. Um, so this four XP exhaust this card when Imperial figure declares an attack. You may replace that figure's attack pool with the attack pool of a deployment card in your hand with at least one damage or one surge token on it. And yes, you are definitely up stuff now. I again, it's it's. Is this worth it? I mean, let's say you have a, you have a, most of the figures have either two or three dice attacks. And usually what, what's good about these attacks are not the dice themselves, but what you can do with the symbols, which is not, which is on the card actually attacking, not the card you're using the pool from in this case. So 4xp for something where you can get an additional dice, uh, like, let's say like an let- a better dice pool. Let, once per round. Let me give you an example. You have a, yeah. a well. You have my fav- favorite figure, the Elite Java Scavenger. Yeah. Uh, okay. It normally rolls two yellow dice, which is very. Yeah. It's not very consistent. Now switch it that to two uh, two greens and a red. You you pretty. Who's m- gonna attack with two greens and a red? You need a you need a, you need a deployment you card. You just in your need hand. to have rancor on your hand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You gonna gonna take the rank of you? Yeah. Sure. I mean, yes. And to- <laughs> yeah, I think something like uh, any three die attack on a figure that's got reroll. You got your Gamorreans yeah. out. Yeah. And you say, why sure. don't you roll a Vader uh, pool or um, or you know weak ways or anything else like that who are already I, focused? I or- seriously need to see the whole deck for this to make sense because right now I, I just can't see problems. With it. The, the next problem is that if you if you have open groups that you're never deploying, how are, are you are you supposed to show the, the rebels the card so they can see the pool and not have to trust you to just choose any pool, which is the next weird thing. And then uh, with 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 them not knowing which tokens are on which cards, they can never fully understand your true potential in in terms of attacks for the next few activations, which. And of course, it's still four cards for a, a four XP for a one per per rounded thing. That wow! I mean, who's gonna buy that? Ugh. I think it who's, all who's uh, gonna, stands with the yeah. zero point card. Who's gonna buy we'll Empress Suffering? <laughs> or what was it? Okay, yeah, I 
I'm seriously curious to see what this deck is. Right now, it, I can't make anything about it. It's too, it's too, too disjointed for me right now. Okay, so that, that, that were my grievances, grievances about these two cards, but you're free to, to interject your own. Nothing? Any, yeah, anything? I mean, so, I mean, okay, well, I, I guess I was sort of being positive, but I, I think that that seems, even, even in the circumstance where you get a really good re-rolling die attack, if you've had to invest somehow to get this token onto the card, and then there's the pool change, yeah, it's not the most impressive four-point uh, card I've ever been afraid of. Especially since it's hard to imagine a really, really meaningful swing there. It'll put a really bad attack somewhere you don't want it, but uh, apart from that, yeah, I, I think that 4.1 is not great. I'll withhold judgment until we see the rest of uh, the deck. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, so be like boring. me, just judge, just be judgy, exactly. No, no, no. You can't embarrass yourself. No, in no, no, no. I'm, I'm, you know, being the being the anchor man here in the news. I need to be impartial. Otherwise, they will just call it fake news. We already struggled with him believing that the Target Initiative has been put out as news. So, uh, <laughs> um, and speaking of it, that basically sums up the article on new recruits, which you can find on the Fantasy Flight forums uh, as well. Anything to add to what we've seen here? There's a little bit of actually. There's a there's a um, kind of preview of the first mission that tells you a bit about it, uh, which. Um, I'm That's not sure I recall from the previous announcement, but you can see that if you don't mind being spoiled, if you look at the uh, article and uh, get a teaser for uh, what's in store for us. Um, yeah. Anything else to comment on the article from you guys? I'm out. No, I don't think so. Those were the news for tonight. Okay. So, reasonably quickly, actually. So, uh, a lot of news. We also have Community Watch and Rules Clarifications, which... I don't think there is anything worthwhile to tell you about this this episode. Uh, there's still the this um, this thread on the official forums where they supposedly keep posting rules clarifications that they receive, but nothing's going. No, nothing has shown up there in the past two weeks, so I don't know how this is going to continue. But we'll see. We'll keep our our eye on it. This means we're going to be going to straight up game discussion. And it's one, two, what's what's the time now? Okay, ten. Um, so game discussion. We still need to talk about two more Legends of the Alliance missions, which is mission four and mission five. And today we will be going over mission four. So I'm not sure if any one of the others has uh, looked at the mission recently. I didn't, I don't have, but I have played enough to actually go from memory. But um, to recap, to recap, um, what happened last time is we got um, stuck in a canyon, picked up some crates, and then left with a, with a shuttle. And if you played uh, well enough, and if you picked up the, the right story boxes in Mission 2 and Mission 3, you should be able to see a, a very favorable outcome at the start of the mission. So before you actually go on to the mission, there is a small dialogue scene at the... Um, on the ship where you need to figure out who's actually the trader in your group and i don't know if i mentioned it before the actual trader character is chosen at random so you cannot actually play it once figure out who the trader is and then just pick it pick him without any knowledge you have to pick up these two boxes that you find in the mission two and mission three and if you pick them up you have enough clues for you to determine who the trader is and if you successfully successfully do so the story events at the start of Mission 4 changes a bit. 
and it changes in a way that you are facing less initial troops and have an easier start into the mission. So uh, it also, I, I think, someone correct me, but uh, the traitor actually is one of the enemies in this mission. And if you figure out who it yes. is, I think he gets wounded at the start and he has already placed a bit of damage on him. And then he runs away and he enters a compound and you need to chase, chase him. But the thing is, you, you might want to defeat him at the at the end of the mission. And if he already has damage on him, that's going to be a little bit more easier. So uh, so the start of the mission is um, medium to easy, depending on if you figure out who the traitor is. And then you need to enter a, a compound. And the mission is basically three-staged, I'd say. First stage is outside of the, the Imperial base. One door to enter. And you need to get rid of some figures and then enter a door. door. After you open the door, you get to in a large open uh, in a larger open area, I'd say, where the the villain hid away, standing next to a terminal, and then he's going to start fleeing again. And from there, you can, if you are on your toes, you can actually catch him before he reaches the door to the next stage, to the hangar. And if you can defeat him right then and there, the next bit is is a bit easier. So good. Rule of thumb is that you need to stack up into the on the door, open the door with preferably a ranged character and someone who has lo- has a good range like Loco or Mac maybe, and then already take a shot at um, at the the traitor because I think you should have line of sight to him. Might be depends on what the what the Imperial player actually deploys after the door opens. Uh, the Imperial player, of course, I mean the. <laughs> the app itself so there should be line of sight and you should be able to to get some damage onto him and then have the second um and he will then activate uh, get some help and start dashing towards the the hangar and if you then don't manage to catch him until the end of the round he's going to enter the hangar and basically uh disappear into the next phase you can make if you do not want to catch him if or if you think you are unable to catch him you can make your life easier by sending one of your um one of your heroes to the terminal that he guarded the, the villain interact with the terminal because that's opening up a, a shorter path a door uh, make making a shorter path from the entrance to the uh, facility to the hangar so if you have some heroes struggling behind or lagging behind uh that might be a, a good opportunity to bring your team together again for the last leg of the mission and then uh, regardless of if you um, defeated the traitor or if he escaped into the hangar, you still need to enter the hangar, which after you do, there's a large scene. Some A famous guy from the core box will spawn. I think it's General Weiss with his ATST. And uh, very different very different flavor of ice. Yeah, very different yeah, flavor, very yeah. Different he is going to activate multiple times per round and take a shot at you. And you need to, I think, defeat him and as an optional uh, objective, defeat the traitor if he's still alive. And if you defeat him, he, the shuttle can land, I think, and then you can escape. But the thing is, he has a lot of health. He has a good defense. And by then, you might have exhausted some resources. So on hard, you have yet to see this, uh, this mission won by the rebels, even if they are prepared. So this is a really hard ending of the mission. It doesn't actually do that much if you lose but you certainly want to win of course so do you have any so that the door to the hangar opens up then you have Weiss standing maybe in the middle of the hangar and to each side there are 
colored tokens and these colored tokens have actual uh, activations in the activation bar and if you defeat these colored tokens before the their activation comes up uh, general wise basically loses an attack per round so in the best cases he can attack four times per round because i think he has um what's it called not arsenal um assault and at worst he can only attack twice per round so depending on what kind of flavor of rebels you're running if you're better at defense might be a good idea to actually storm him and get him rid get rid of him as soon as possible but if you're better at attacking and have a good way to get rid of these tokens you might want to get rid of the tokens first and then attack wise it's a tricky tricky situation so um very hard mission at the end i think even on easy it's not it's not something you just roll over um and also very thematic because especially if you let the trader escape into the hangar there's a little bit of an extra dialogue with him where he taunts you and he yeah you will be angry at him and you will want to see him go down so um so that's basically the the outline of the mission um anything left for you, from you to to add to this anything left tips and tricks wise i think Usually by this by this point in the game, you've got a few of these. Um, usually, the story has kicked you up a few little upgrades. One of which often is the uh, the game focus. So I think that if you sort of yeah you try to save your consumables for a big fight, I believe that that place is gettable um, because you, the gearing up seems to be has been in my experience is pretty generous uh, in the ones I've tried. But uh, what do you think, Matthew? Yeah, well, uh, the last time I I remember playing this, uh, I had Yun uh, Odan who quick draw the traitor and defeat it and it made it a little bit easier uh, because uh, I just didn't need to run uh, run after after him and could uh, uh, position the heroes um, outside the hangar uh, so that uh, they wouldn't get so many attacks from Vice and uh, then uh, either in this or another play I just uh, went for the terminals or the uh, power stations first and and, mm -hmm. and just yeah. let Vice take a shot. I think there were some Trandoshan hunters inside, so uh, there may be there may may have been some. Be I think I've always had e-webs yeah. pop up. I I don't. Maybe there was an e-web on the uh, first room inside, but not the, uh, the hangar. So I had to take care of uh, the Trandoshan hunters and then also the power stations and. Then it uh, the rest went much easier. And certainly after the the last mission that sort of was perhaps being a little bit generous with you, this is one where where you get that real imperial soul feeling of just it gets worse, then it gets worse, mm -hmm. then it gets worse. Uh, which is again, if anybody's played a few few missions as uh, a campaign, some missions just feel yeah. that way. Yeah. Sometimes it just feels like it's like bad bad news on bad news. And I remember when those doors opened, their advice there was sort of like, oh okay, yeah. And the, I had the, the not bad thing about this is. It's not even just Weiss, it's also his two tokens, and there's also the deployment in there. And if you didn't uh, eliminate the traitor, he's also in there. And that's very much to deal with, I think, because the traitor is, uh, he has the form of an Imperial officer, so he can deal out additional attacks for, for the other figures in the room. And if there's going to be spawning like Royal Guards or or god forbid a dewback or whatever that's going to hurt a lot i mean i don't know how to you certainly can get lucky with the spawns in there and with the the the, the hero composition and the enemy composition but most of the time it's it's a very hard last leg of the mission so 
brace yourselves and save up your consumables to the, towards the end because you're gonna need them. It's very, it's very, very daunting. But it's a, certainly a nice reveal for the players to open this door and then just plopping down all of these figures and <laughs> having them stare down the ATST. So it's very interesting. I, I, so I personally feel that Vice's attack, which I thought was really scary, is, is actually, yeah. a, it's, it's so consistently, it's coming out so many times. But it is pretty, it's weakened quite a bit, isn't it? I think they do two dice so that, more, basically. Uh, what I found out is that Weiss's attack actually scales with how good or how bad you uh, did uh, the previous part of the mission. So if you Ooh. already have like a few uh, heroes wounded, he will attack with two blue dice. But if you have uh, all, all heroes healthy and there are not a lot of figures on the board for him, for the, for the app, then he's no. going to just hammer you with double red attacks and maybe with red, red, green, I think. Uh, that it's just it's just impossible to, to stand up against this. So you the, the good thing is, once you lose heroes to him, to his attacks, um, he's going to get weaker. So taking out his terminals and taking out the other figures in the room, there's a careful balance to be struck to to know what you want to do, right? So if you if you are down on your luck when you open the door, you might want to ignore Weiss for now and get rid of the other stuff that's uh, that's more 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 hurtful to you, and then take on uh, Weiss. While on the other hand, if you if you manage to get by basically unscathed, you should try to hammer down on, on Weiss extremely fast, extremely hard if you can, because he's going to lay it on thick. So, yeah. so that's actually that's actually something that works really really well in the app because the the end part of the mission is tense no matter how well you did the, the, the first part. And it's not that, that that it's not important if you did well or if you, if you did poorly the first part. It's just that your options are just different and the, 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 the last part of the mission just changes its its priority and it changes its gameplay depending on how well you did or how worse you did on the first part of, of the mission. This is certainly one of the missions that highlights this extremely well and highlights what's actually possible with the app, which is basically impossible with the with the tabletop version. Not sure if you had any other experiences on that. No, I agree. Okay, so Pasi, do you do you have any insight scoop on, on how this actually the coding works? Did you did you talk to the to the devs about uh, how they measure how well or how worse you do? Is it just wounded heroes? Is it something else? Do you do you actually know? No, I don't. I don't, but uh, I think fame, fame, and uh, like you said, uh, how many, how many? Oh, that's right, famous too. Yeah, fame and how many okay. heroes are wounded so, might might be yeah. those variables. Yeah, okay. Which is, I think, it that's very adequate. I think fame and and how many heroes you have wounded is a very good uh, indicator for Weiss to which attack to use to not overwhelm you with the first activation, right? So. <laughs> Weiss just is like one of those people that you know that just hate celebrities. Yeah, sure. You know, the really, really popular ones. He's just, he's like, oh, I can't stand it. Yeah. Um, whereas the, if you're, uh, if you're lesser known, yeah, he's, uh, he's got your back. <laughs> uh, I mean, thematically, it doesn't make too much sense, but it's certainly, <laughs> it's certainly from a gameplay perspective, I really like it because it's like an automatically graded difficulty, which I think it's very, very good. Um, did you did you guys play it more than once? Did you notice any any difference in Weiss's dialogue when you open the door, depending on how how much fame you had or how many uh, of your guys are wounded? Because I didn't take too much. Uh, it didn't 
I didn't place too much attention on this. No, I, I mainly had one mission where I managed to kill the uh, traitor beforehand, and one mission where I didn't. So uh-huh. I don't know if White actually talks. Well, he says a few things, but yeah, sort of was more focused on the, on the traitor. traitor. Yeah, hanging on to that, hanging on to that ladder at the top. Uh, yeah. I've played it twice, but uh, both playthroughs was within a fortnight of it coming out, so it's it's quite a while back, so I actually don't remember it. Yeah. I um, I don't remember having a lot of problems with the mission, but uh, again, I played it when it was fairly new, so that was when there were only the units from the core box uh, and the first wave in there. So, uh, But you still had all heroes so from, from the expansion? Yeah, I played it through once with two heroes and once with four heroes. Or rather, first I did it with four heroes on regular difficulty and then I did it with two heroes on uh, on the higher tier difficulty. And it was not a mission I was yeah. struggling with. Um, that was one of the others that I, I, I lost. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I remember though, huh, is it the one? Where when you're outside? No, no, no. I, it was, um, but I do remember I did a godful, ungodful amount of of damage in that hangar on on stuff and uh, killed it indiscriminately. I don't remember if that was one of them was with Finn and I think one of them was with Shyla and I just laid the herd on them. I I do recall considering whether the best strategy was to kill the figure or go for those um, uh, the tokens and. Um, I think in one of them I killed one of the tokens, but mainly because I had a combination of blast from Finn and I probably had some cleave from Shyla, but I think in otherwise I didn't really target them, but just went for the other figures and then uh, uh, Vice himself rather yeah. than the, the, uh, are the generators or some such. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's certainly, this is what I what I, what I uh, think Imperial Assault is all about, like the, the, the climax at the end of the mission where you... You have one of the the main villains and one of the side villains, and everyone is just shooting at each other, and there's damage flying around, flying around all of the time. So, very very good mission, and I think my my personal favorite mission. I mean, the the last mission has some parts that are very good too, but overall, I think how the mission mission four works, it's certainly my favorite mission of the entire campaign. I look forward to trying it again. Maybe maybe some occasion can be found for that in the near future. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see we, how we wish yeah. to go about it. Okay. Anything else about the the fourth mission? No. I I think I, uh, well, I in my in in one of my plays I I followed the wrong suspect and uh, the traitor killed him. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's that's how the the first part of the mission changes. Depending on who you actually uh, accused to be the traitor. Yeah, I think that there are three outcomes in the, in the first part of the mission. And I think if you if you actually correctly identify him, the, the start is much, much easier than it's than it's than it's when you pick the wrong person actually. Or yeah. So that's it for, for mission four, I think. So that's all. And we will be talking about mission five, the the, the last mission of the campaign next time, which I, I get Rogue One shivers when I think about it, but what this actually means, you need to see about next time. Um, so, we will be heading on to play experiences. And first of all, we still need an account from Europe, from Yeppe. So, why don't you oh, yes. go ahead and tell us about what you thought about Euros and what excited you at the moment. Yes, so I, I missed out when you talked about it last time and I got to hear it instead and... Uh and uh, listen to your discussion uh, on the podcast uh, later on. Um, I just, I need to start by, by saying what an 
absolute pleasure it was meeting you all both you guys but also uh, a lot of our listeners and other members of the community that was that was just the most important thing it was really a an, a great 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 time uh spent in birmingham it was great being there last year it was even better this time around and uh, i really enjoyed that we had uh, several evenings among other things at our hotel where we uh, got to sit down for some games and also just uh, uh hanging out and it was particularly wonderful for me because it meant i had um because of the games and because of the socializing but also from going on a shopping spree at the uk game expo and so on i had <laughs> I, I, remember. I, I remember i had next to no time to think about the the fact that uh, traveling back from birmingham i had uh, had this major surgery lined up uh, just uh, just a day after returning home uh, so um, so in many many ways it was a great experience um meeting uh, meeting everyone both uh, old acquaintances and and new at the tournament um and um a special shout out to uh, to Richard or Royal Ridge who was so kind to uh, donate some of his uh, loot to uh, to me who was doing a uh, far more mediocre than uh, than he was um, as yeah. as for the tournament um or the weekend in general i I calculated that I played 17 games of Imperial Assault over the weekend, and that is probably more, if not far more, than I've played the entire year, uh, or maybe the last half year, so well into 2017. And I think I more or less peaked on the Sunday, which unfortunately on the Sunday I was not in the cut, but I was playing the side <laughs> the side event, and I was that was when I peaked. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and not only did I play 17 games, I played, um, I think, uh, 13 of those 17 games with the same list, which is more than I've done for, for I think, maybe for years, because I, I tend to change my list a lot. And also, I managed to not change my list on the morning of the tournament. I think it was at least 12, maybe 14 hours uh, before the tournament started that I had made my last adjustments to the list, and that was a, a new experience for me. You talked a bit about it last time, um, that there was some... Um, ambiguities about how Mern works, and I, as much as I would have loved to bring Mern to a major tournament, I ended up having to uh, to drop her um, among other things because I uh, I got a feedback from the judges on how to 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 uh, interpret some of her abilities, but more importantly also because the thing is um, I really I, the one point Mern is more expensive than Mac. I really needed elsewhere in my list. So uh, to run yeah. you through my list, I played. Han Solo, of course, with his uh, own upgrade. Then I had Gideon, C-3PO, R2-D2. I had uh, Drakata, Mac, and an Alliance Smuggler. And then I had Elite Rebel Saboteurs with Targeting Computer. <laughs> Which, yeah. um, no one no one else I, 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 so. I'm normally not one for Hyperbole, and I, I can't for with absolute certainty say that I was the only one but I didn't see anyone else using them um, and uh, <laughs> I didn't hear of them either so so that was my list and uh, that was a typically yippy list in that I, I, I need to make lists that are a little bit too clever for their own good and like I said I, I got the hang of it by the time uh, Sunday came around and uh, crushed it in the side yeah, of it so I, I have to I have to jump in here I, I think I think that not only did your list work pretty pretty admirably you also piloted it very well, so I think you're gonna talk about your record and whatnot. But I think, given how, given what list you actually played, you did extremely well in my eyes. So, well, I, I, the most important thing 
um, my my objective was to have fun, and I had so much fun through the day. It was really enjoyable, and uh, also afterwards and the day after. And it was um, it was my objective both because I haven't played much lately because um, the tournament scene in the Netherlands is is not doing very well. There hasn't been much events. I've only played in one event for the last I think since last summer I've only played in one event and the other big event that was here was the Nationals which I was judging so they weren't playing um, so aside from campaign and a few casual games here and there I haven't really played skirmish much uh, except for that one tournament um, so that was a reason to just focus on having fun and also because as I mentioned earlier I, I, I had a surgery around the corner and a lot of things uh, ahead of me and I had been so busy up to going to Birmingham because not only was I preparing for the surgery but as you uh, probably know um, I'm uh, about to move uh, to another country in a few weeks and that meant that a lot of things needed to be done before my surgery which then happened to be done before uh, Birmingham so the moment I finally were in the airport uh, flying out I was in a situation where I was just so zen because there was nothing else I could do for a couple of days except just uh, enjoy myself. Um, anyway, so just to, to walk through some of the games, uh, it's a little bit longer uh, sort of since I played than when you talked about in the last podcast, but I was lucky enough to write down some, at least I have my score sheets here or the notes I took during the games. Um, in the six rounds, um, in the first round I met uh, Alex, which you talked about in the last podcast, he went on to, to play yeah, against yeah. Um, one, if not both of you, and I think you also know him uh, a bit, Alistair, don't you, from the... I've played Chris. him a bit, yeah, and he's, he's done very well. Uh. Yeah, he was, uh, we, were, we, were, we were playing on the uh, uh, U-Screw map, uh, the one where there are control points, you need to, um, to stand on to get the points. He rolled out the map, and then he talked a lot about being a little bit out of practice, and so on, and... Um, it was the first game, and you're not quite getting started yet. Um, and uh, he talked about being a little bit rusty, and of course, so was I. Um, I think what I was blindsided by was that I really like that map for a lot of reasons for my list, because I have my spies, and I have my ways of getting extra cards, and um, if I can prolong when we have our counter by just half to a full round, then I will minimize the effect of my opponent cards, and I'll have uh, a lot of fun stuff happening because of what my list can do. So um, what happened was he took me a bit by surprise by basically running all his stuff out. Uh, he was the one playing IG with a bunch of different hunters, including um, uh, BT1 in his list, uh, Greedo, Vinto, and so on. But he basically ran out all his figures and stood on all these control points. Um, in in the second round, he was basically on most of them. And um, I uh, I was taken by surprise because I had not seen anyone being that bold on, on getting on all the control points. And that meant I was actually finding myself in a situation where I couldn't really start hurting him in, uh, in round two. Um, only in round three could I really start putting the hurt on him. And what happened was then I cut through his list. Um, his IG got to shoot once and kill my C-3PO, but then he was stunned and blown to pieces by my Sabs and uh, and also Trocata and uh, Han doing some things. So basically I was, I was killing a lot of his list 
and uh, he was having quite a lead on uh, on objective points um, and we were in a situation where he had a a hidden and focused Uinto which needed to do a rapid shot that had to be perfect and it was at range 4 so he couldn't use his um, he couldn't use his bolt slinger and he needed to kill both of my stabs to take him over the finishing line um, which he did and uh, and won the game uh, by uh, by the skin in his teeth, um, and basically it was because I was too slow. I was taken a, taken by surprise with how he he got all the the control points and the number of points, which I think was interesting, and it was a good uh, good lesson for me to to have. As you talked about last time, the the maps sort of come in came in pairs, which was random. They drew them randomly from the organizers, but we're basically playing on U screw again. And I uh, played Ian in the second round, which was playing uh, Rebel Heroes. He was basically having uh, several of the Jedi. So he had uh, he had Luke and he had uh, Ahsoka and he had um, Obi Wan Kenobi. And then a bunch of support characters, and then he had for the first time I've seen uh, in play the is it called balancing force, the one where you heal a lot of your figures. Yeah, yeah, oh, and, wow. and, and it yeah, worked well with that. his list because he was they were so difficult to uh, to hurt and kill. I have to say that my list, uh, one of the the tricks it has is is stunning capacity, um, which I also had used an IG in the previous round. So I could sort of reduce his uh, outgoing damage by stunning some of his his uh, large pieces because I had ways to cut through his evade and dodges with some of my command cards and uh, and so on. So that meant I I limited him. But what I saw for the first time because he couldn't get to me, but he then uh, went on the courier droids which are in that mission, which suddenly gave him a a lead because his courage droid ran in and mine didn't because it was killed um, but eventually we ended up in a situation where um, I fought him to a standstill um, it was a little bit of a slower game we actually only had 15 points each when it was done but since my points were uh, to a larger degree from killing his figures um, I uh, I took took the victory from uh, from the game, but there was a time there where I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to kill him in time because he had a he also had a bunch of other command cards that made him heal his uh, his figures. Um, but eventually, uh, I uh, I made my way uh, through. Yeah, it, it's it's a shame that, and it must be very very difficult to balance. But it does seem that you know in this game the best defense is a good off. Um, so he's a little bit of healing here and there can be surprising. You're never going to be able to keep up with the amount of people to take you. No, no. Um, and then in my third game, I uh, met another Jedi list. No, actually, I think I've got these reversed. I think that was probably round four. In my third game, I met Ron, who was uh, from America, and he was in London for work. Um, and he had several of the things from uh, the larger tournaments. I think he has been at Worlds. <coughs> but um, what Ron had done was he had seen um, how uh, DT had won his uh, third World Championship in a row. And uh, he'd taken his list and he'd basically uh, brought his list. And what he'd done is he'd looked at a screenshot and then written down the list. But the screenshot had been cut off so you couldn't see everything. Oh. So what he was missing was one elite group of weak ways. So basically his list was then handed in and then he was locked in to play it. You, you can't change it once you're in the middle of the tournament. So he basically had a 33-point uh, mercenary list, which was basically um, DT's... The most expensive point ever, ever seen, ever. indeed. Um, and um, I, uh, we were playing, we were playing on um, on the uh, Nalhata map. I don't recall if this was the one with the 
Raining Freight or she, one, I don't which, recall which one of them. Which, one, which round was I believe this? this was the th- I believe this was, was the third round. Third one was um uh, uh yeah. Shielded. Um yeah. yeah, third one was Shielded. So yes. basically it was pretty straightforward for me to uh to take to take the the win because he was lacking those seven points. Um and uh, I could help him a bit with some rule things along the way that he he was not so familiar with, <coughs> and, and basically give him advice because there was, uh, was it was a, a pretty straightforward match. I have to say to to Run's um, honor, I know that he went on to to go three three, which is ultimately also what I ended up doing. Uh, so he's done really well for himself uh, to uh, to with seven points missing in his list and still uh, win half his games at the Europeans. That's uh, amazingly done. Yeah, very yeah. good, very good. Um, yeah, I think I won that game forty to twenty, so that was uh, pretty straightforward. Um, that was the second of the three IG88s I was to meet on the day, and I have to say, all the IG88s I I met um, barely got to attack me because I stunned them uh, and then killed them or both. Um, <laughs> I lost to the IG88 in my first game. That was the one where I was a bit slow and he got a lot of points from the objectives, but his IG, as I mentioned, he only got to, to kill my R2-D2 and, uh, no, Citripio, and that was it. Then he didn't get more attacks off. Um, so while I had had more stuff like Vader or maybe Han Solo in mind, uh, my stuns did really well on IGs, and also because of the amount of, of, uh, of peers, um, and that is even more useful. Um, of course, the, the saps can do potentially PS4 and a stun um, when they're focused and attacking and so on. <coughs> and that was something I thought would be good against a Vader with Silo, that you need extra PS to get through and you really want to lock down a Vader because the end of round stuff and so on. And ultimately, I don't think I met a, I did not meet a Vader at all uh, during the main tournament. I did in the side event, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so so this ID I also uh, had a pretty good handle on with uh, with the saboteurs. So um, yeah, this 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 done, this done certainly helps. Two uh, two wins and one loss in the fourth round. I met Wilfried from France, which I believe ended up in top three in Swiss and also did fairly well in day two and in the cut. And um, this was yet another Jedi list, um, but he had a Jedi spy combination, which. Like me, there was a lot of similarities. He he had Ahsoka, which I'd considered for the longest to play, um, and he had Luke, and he had uh, Mac, and he had Jared, and his Jared was such a pain to kill. I think at the end we decided that he was uh, more or less uh, uh, immortal. I just could not take him down, despite a, a bunch of attacks on him. <coughs> but basically what happened in that game was, because just like me, he had a bunch of spy cars, I had on my hand strategic shift when he played his strategic shift and I got rid of my uh, my hand. Um, I had my comm disrupt and, and then he had his and so on. So he was all the time just that one step ahead with having the right card at the right time. I don't know if he could maybe have had, did he have Rebel High Command as well as R2-D2? So he was basically getting one card more than me. But I think regardless of how many cards he was drawing, he, he hit that stride just before me. So my cards were sort of neutered by his, and then he hit his uh, Son of Skywalker, and that was more or less uh, the game at that stage. Um, I had one last stitch where I knew I could perhaps, in the final moments of the game, 
take out his Luke and um, take out two smugglers and his Jared with one activation of my uh, Drokata. And I knew that I would equalize and it would be very close in that last round. <coughs> the thing is, um, what I needed to do is I needed my Drakata, who was in the center of the map, we were again playing um, Nalhata, to run up four spaces, throw a rock at uh, his Dieret and finally kill him. And then I had my arcing shot, which would allow me to kill Luke and the two smugglers nearby him in one strike. And I was certain to do it because I had... Um, I had, uh, what's it called, lug on on my hand and some other things. So I was pretty confident, and his Luke was already very wounded. I was pretty confident that I could do this. Um, I was having a focused Strokata, so the only thing that could be an issue was with my four dice if I didn't roll a single surge. If I did, then uh, <coughs> I would be fine otherwise. But what happened was he had J4X and R2D2 in the center, uh, probably this was shielded then, uh, contesting the, uh, the the central terminal. And what happened was okay. his uh, R2D2 attacked Rokata. And just as a reminder, Rokata has a black die and an automatic block. Uh, but what he had, he had an extra pierce. <coughs> sorry, from uh, 4X, J4X from uh, Jared Stroid. And yeah. he also gets a free surge. Um, so what happened was I rolled only one block and he uh, rolled a damage and a search, I guess. So it was a perfect number of results for him to do one damage and a stun to Rokata. <laughs> Which meant Oof. that uh, my one uh, chance of equalizing was uh, out of commission. It would have been a long shot, but that yeah. would have been a, a wonderful way to turn it around. It was a really wonderful game. I enjoyed it uh, very much, and it was nice to see Jedi Spies doing so well. Did you drop out, Jeppe? No, just had to cough. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, so as That's I fun. mentioned, I think Wilfred, uh, Wilfred ended up in was he top was he two or three in Swiss? Uh, very much up there, uh, somewhere yeah. high up, yeah. Um, all right, uh, so now I was two two, and I would need to win my last two games to make the cut. In my fifth game, uh, and the last two games were on the Masaili back alleys. In the fifth game, I met David, which I believe is also an acquaintance of yours, uh, Alistair. He was playing Jabba and IG-88. IG yes, David, uh, we practiced that list a few times. He's very, I mean, well, let's say it, Jabba won the day, but he was very much committed to sticking with Jabba. Obviously on to something. Yeah, I was, um, I was doing a bit of a bold move in that game, and... Um, I think already in the in the first, maybe it was the second round, I was in the outdoors part of uh, of the map, and uh, I wanted some stuff to happen, and I was a little bit too far away. Um, of course, I was waiting to try and do my hand solo as the very last thing, <coughs> and, and um, I couldn't really keep waiting him out. So what I did was, I had my hand solo um, by my door, and then I moved another figure up, a sab or my smuggler or some such, and opened the door. Which would allow two. Oh, sorry, I have to cough again. I'm curious. All the talking, right? I've been so. in a hospital <laughs> bed or in my own bed recovering for a while. So um, this talking yeah. is. Uh, I'll just take something for my for my throat. You should have told more of your opponents you were going into. To, you would have gotten all those kind of make a wish things. <laughs> um. So um, what happened was I opened this door knowing that his two weakways who were hidden and focused to sh could shoot at my hand solo without me getting a return fire on them which seems like absolutely Ugh. bonkers but there was a plan i had to wait and see what happened 
He shot with the first one, did a bunch of damage. I had to eat it because I knew he had one more to go. And when he attacked with the second one, I played on the lamb, which allowed my hand solo to move through the open area up towards the um, intersection. And then, <coughs> sorry, he was unable to attack him anymore. But it gave me enough space for my hand solo to move up with one action, spend one action on attacking his ID, who was over on that side, uh, out in the open. I had um, tools for the job. <coughs> and then I got to attack him again at the end of the round, which meant that at the start of the second round, I was killing his ID without him ever getting a shot off. And that was only possible because of the extra move from my on the lamb, and that's why I left my hand solo to, to take um, attacks I couldn't uh, return fire on from, um, from the weak ways. And that basically, that move won me the game. I ended up uh, killing a bit of other stuff, and I had to protect my <coughs> my hand and um, and so on. But it ended up uh, paying out for me. Yeah. All right. So in my my last, last game, game, I played Giulio from Italy, who was playing a traditional hand uh -oh. rangers list. <laughs> and basically, uh, whichever one of us would win would go on to make the cut. Now, um, yeah. I went out very strong uh, in that in the start of the second round I moved my Drakata out and with arcing shot I did a total of, uh, mm -hmm. let me see, <coughs> I did um, 4, 6, I believe I did 12 damage to uh, his uh, rangers and Hera that was, they were sort of compressed in the, the typical archer's nest or, or sniper's nest yeah. and four of them and I hit them. And if I'd just been one space closer, I would have killed um, the reindeer I was shooting at with um, and done more damage to the others with my Demolish, but I couldn't. So one of them was on one health, and then two damage on each of the other two rangers and two damage on Hero, which was a, a good way to get started. Um, <coughs> he had concentrated fire, which allowed him eventually to kill Drakata because he got that extra uh, die in. Um, but in the meantime, I did a lot of damage to his rangers and uh, and his Hera. So um, basically, he was reduced to his Han Solo, and I had my Han Solo left. Um, I had misplaced my um, my saps a little bit, trying to to stun. I think I got one stun in on his uh, his solo, but I had misplaced him a bit because he still got some shots off, and they were perfect and killed my um, my saps one by one. So it ended up being kind of a Han versus Han, and I had a situation where. Um, Okay, I wanted to go for it, so I attacked his Han, and uh, I think, did I maybe use tools for the jobs? I know at least my dice, my hand was focused and a lot of damage came out, and if I'd killed his Han, that would basically game over, and he rolls the dodge. <laughs> <laughs> and my Han is a bit more damaged than his, and I had to pack him in and insulate him amongst my figures and so on, and and it's a really interesting, well-played positionless game between the the both of us, but eventually my hand dies, and uh, he takes a, a narrow win after a, after a wonderful yeah. and very brutal early onslaught from uh, from my side, from both my Drakata and my Han. Mm. And uh, that ends me yeah. up at 3-3. Three, three. Like <laughs> I said, it's certainly respectable with, with the list you played and how how off-meta the list was. Yeah, I think it's in, um, in some sense it did... It, it, I don't know, unintentionally there were some meta calls on it, because the interesting is with the priority target of the um, saps, you can shoot through targets. So that means you, it's fairly easy to set up so you can uh, shoot on an opponent's Han without him being able to shoot back at you, because 
you have line of sight. You're shooting That's through a figure good. next to him, and the corner he can shoot out mm-hmm. of doesn't help, yeah. and so on. <coughs> but um, I think um, um, definitely the three games I lost were to to really good players, and uh, I think it's maybe especially the first one I made a mistake by just not anticipating that he would run out on on all the objectives. Uh, the way it ended out, but of course that was my first game, and my whole trajectory through the day would have been different if I'd won that first game. So I can't really assume that I'd made the cut if that one game had gone uh, differently. And Julio uh, and uh, Wilfred, the two I lost to, who both uh, made the cut, actually ended up uh, meeting each other in the cut. Um, and yeah. uh, but all six games were really enjoyable. Julio, my last opponent, was so uh, so happy with the last turnaround when he got the dodge and he ended up then killing my hand that he jumped up and wanted to hug me across the table. So we were reaching across and he ran off to get me a beer afterwards. And it was a really uh, pleasant experience. Um, I had the exact same with him. Long, long-term fan of this uh, podcast and a very good <laughs> listener. You'll remember I said the exact same thing about him at Euros last did The same thing to me when he made Cutty. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was okay, my Europeans. So... Then... Um, on the Sunday, I was lucky enough to follow a bunch of the games on the side, and then finally there was a side event pod that uh, fired off, which um, I went through on the field. There was two waiters, I think, in that um, pod I was in, and uh, we just basically finished before all of us had to pack up and rush for the for our flights out. But uh, that meant I then uh, got some of the the loot from last year, the tokens I missed out on last year. Which will be very useful for you in the Tarkin initiative. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Except, on, of course, on one of them, they have to be face down. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So partially. Well, that's, that's, oh, God, that's bad, yeah. <laughs> but, um, very enjoyable time. I, I actually, to be honest, I really like my list, and I, I was really looking forward to play again, but I haven't had any opportunities since, really. So, But um, I'll have to look out for some more options to play online, because it is a fun list to play. And it does yeah. unex- unex- unexpected you things. It, do you do you th- do you think the list is we we saw talk initiative and we saw waste of Lothal. I mean, waste of Lothal still has the long engagement ranges. But do you think in case the Tarkin initiative gets rotated in and and Lothala is getting rotated out, you have then Mos Eisley and Tarkin initiative with maps that are more close to packed. It's the other difficult ones. to assess because the list will change, of course, as there are new stuff added. I think sure. for the Lothal Wastes, the, the ranged will hurt. Uh, uh, I mean, Han and Drakata will yeah. like a lot of the corners and also some of the range, and Drakata was such a charm to play. Uh, the Sabs a little bit more struggling. Um, one thing I would love to have in this list but didn't find uh, space for was Hera because uh, they could really use it. But mm-hmm. I have to say that in my list I do have Deadeye. <clears throat> and what Deadeye does is not only that does it help you on that one attack where you need it, it also allows you to take a bunch of attacks where you're not certain you'll get your range. And then you have your accuracy yeah, and then you don't it. have to use it. So it allows you to do a lot of attacks you otherwise wouldn't. I, I even like it with Rangers. I even like it with Rangers. I just think it just gives you that encouraged yeah um, yeah and uh, of course with me also having ways to get rid of an opponent's negation for instance with a calm disruption or similar i'm less worried about depending on uh, on dead eye um and um so so the main reason i didn't play Mern but played mac was to um was to be able to have that one point for the targeting computer which the saps really uh, really need um and I also tend to, to try to get focus on them as often as possible. It's it's a really difficult choice every single game, whether I want to focus one or two saps uh, versus uh, Han and uh, Drakata. Um, 
because it depends on the opponents and how they move because uh, getting that early shot in with a sap to to effectively stop something in their tracks with a stun or similar is is really good um, and of course Drokata and the saps share a bunch of of cards from uh, the heavy log on and uh, and uh, another really good one collateral damage it's been doing so much work for me doing these games and uh, as I said, I, oh, I had yeah. really, really found my stride when I played the side event. I know it's not necessarily the same in in difficulty and how sharp people are, but it it, it really worked out for me uh, very well in the games uh, uh, then, sort of knowing the list well and so on. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so that was my Europeans. Thank you yeah. for sharing. Yeah, it was a really enjoyable time. Yeah, I can't we, wait we for like, next we like year. What, what did you say, Alistair? <laughs> Yeah, we like we like. Yeah, it was it was really great, <coughs> and uh, yeah, meeting Stefan for the first time and uh, enjoying his blissful snoring at night was uh, was also a blessing. And seeing <laughs> you again, Alistair, for this must have been uh, uh, third, third time's a charm, isn't it? The third time you and I have uh, yeah, exactly. I see you more than I see my parents. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a, a lot of familiar faces I've mentioned already, uh, Richard amongst them. But it was also really wonderful to meet Isaac finally. Um, put a face on the voice. Oh, Arvides, of course, I knew from Always. last year, and uh, the Germans mm-hmm. were out in force again. Uh, Sebastian and uh, Jens, and uh, so on. And I'm right now. I'm really itching to try and get in to go to some of the nationals. Maybe even combine it with an Amada nationals. Um, I'd be looking at the German and the English and. Uh, the Nordics doesn't have a, uh, a date yet, but with me starting uh, working in August and would need uh, one or two days off to be able to make any of these tournaments and the new job and so on, I, I as much as yeah. I really itch to go, I, I don't think I will be able to, and it's uh, it's haunting me a little bit. I am certainly hoping for Nordics. Uh, Nordics are German. There's still... There's still um, so the Germans, um, their armada sold out, and then they added extra gifts, extra tickets, and then it sold out again. I think they're probably still... Uh, uh, seats for the Imperial Assault. Um, that's August first, I think, Sunday, August first. Uh, the Nordics still doesn't have a a time and a place. Um, it was in Copenhagen last year, and it's sort of been going back and forth between Sweden and and uh, Denmark. Uh, so two years ago, it were in Sweden, but I believe then they were only like four or five for the Imperial Assault tournament, and it's something to do with it being very late and then being announced and it was a little bit difficult to buy a ticket you had to make a special kind of payment method if you didn't have a swedish bank and so on um but so far what i hear yet which is still unconfirmed is that it's likely going to return to stockholm which um, i would love to go to but it's uh, i don't know if the travel is possible for me from where i'm placed but uh, if i can and the time allows yeah. i really would love to go and i'd love to be able to play both amada and imperial assault but uh, imperial assault would probably be the priority i made the uh, final next year so i kind of have to be back and see uh, what i can do a second time around <laughs> okay and we don't we don't have to forget that uh <coughs> europeans next year will actually be in yes, poland indeed. so people can try to figure out how to get to the is it is it already revealed where in Poland is? Is it is it in um, in Warsaw or Krak- in Krakow? Or, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's known yet. Um, okay, but I think so it's, Warsaw known. is what I've sort of been picking up from. Uh, yeah, I mean Katowice is also yeah. also pretty yeah. pretty large, so it has a, a scene there. So we will see. So if we got the the, the new, of course, tell you. All right. So I don't think we have any other. Uh, Pazi, do you wanna wanna give any of your play experiences from last week? Well, I haven't had if you're still many. Here. Uh, our group 
our group okay. will be playing hopefully uh, the fourth mission of the Lota campaign on Saturday. Oh, but uh, I hope I hope they are intimidated by what they see in the last hangar. <laughs> okay, so then I say that's it for for this episode. We're clocking at around two hours or a little bit shorter than two hours, but that's fine. And uh, before we go, of course, we will go through the rounds and say our farewells. Pazi, anything left? Well, it has started to rain here, so I might be I might <laughs> be very wet when I get home. And you yeah. might be full of insect bites, right? So now it's no, wet. It, they, no, they, 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 don't, they don't combine. <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other, okay. yeah. <laughs> good, good luck on your way home. <laughs> Okay, Alistair? Uh, yeah, no, uh, nice to be catching the news as it's all fresh these past few days and looking forward to seeing people in the UK over the, uh, what seems like a really healthy store champs. Um, lots and lots of events all around the country. People are going, some already happened, so it's it's uh, it's good. The, uh, the, the prize support is, uh, yeah, it's another dial, but uh, looking forward to seeing people around and then getting ready for that local worlds. Uh, so local nationals. The, the inflection on your words. Yeah, it's another dial. <laughs> yeah. It's another battle, but... <laughs> okay, but gonna be there anyway. Okay, so, um, Jeppe? Um, nothing to add. I, I should be taking up burlesque since I'm uh, having to wear a corset anyway because of my uh, recent surgery. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, busy planning a move, so uh, I don't know if I'll be recording from Denmark the next time around, but um, exciting and busy times ahead. Busy times ahead, yeah. Me too. So I actually don't have anything... I've recently uh, uh, ordered some extension parts for my PC and I started streaming on my private channel. So I I geared up to maybe do something with Legends of the Alliance, but it's not ready yet. So we will see if we can figure out if we do it before or after Yeppe moves. Probably after. So I am I'm ready when you are. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you had fun and until next time. Bye bye. Look forward to talking about maps with you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.